Welcome to episode 48 of the Toadstool Boardroom for the week of June 28th, 2023. My name's Logan Plant, and I'm joined this week by Justin. Hello, Justin. Hey, Logan. It's been a week since the Nintendo Direct, and we actually have some fan reactions to share to kick us off. We're also going to be talking about Nintendo's planning its smooth transition to its next console. I would hope so. I would hope that that's what they're doing. Uh, we're going to talk about some Tears of the Kingdom sales numbers, and we're finally going to do it. What do we want to see from the next Legend of Zelda? We're going to go there today. Uh, I'm excited to talk about that because I actually had a, a spark of inspiration during my latest adventures in Tears of the Kingdom that they really nice. got me thinking about that. But let's start right here. Fan reactions to the Direct. I called for these on Twitter last week. Uh, you all responded before we recorded, and I'm sorry, I totally forgot to read them. It was a busy show. So I uh, wanted to get it to them this show. week, though, and then circle back and see what maybe if Justin has any more thoughts a week removed from the presentation. But first we have from Kurt, already got Zelda, Metroid, and Fire Emblem this year, so didn't expect much, but was surprised by how strong the Direct was. No one title blew me away, but saw eight I want to get, including Mario RPG, Mario Wonder, Sonic, and Pikmin. Also trying to rationalize buying the Arkham games yet again. Yeah, we're still not sure how those are going to do on Switch. We don't know. But that's a good wish list, Kurt. That's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad at all. Then from Oscar says, I love the Pikmin series. So having an HD collection of Pikmin 1 and 2 Shadow Dropped was great. But unfortunately, they didn't get the same touch-up that Metroid Prime did. Hopefully, this means both games will be in the same cart for its physical release. 8 out of 10 show overall. I think they're going to. I think we would have known already if it was going to require digital download. So I yeah. think you're pretty safe on that front. Uh, 8 out of 10, I think, is a pretty reasonable rating for the yeah. show. It, it, it was good. I think I called it a B-, minus, which an 80 out of 100 is. So. Yeah, I think I called it a B+. Plus. I was a little higher. So yeah. we're so, so average us out, and we're like right we're there. Yep. Yeah. Solid and B. then uh, Chad says, I'm thrilled about the Super Mario RPG remake and Super Mario Brothers Wonder. I'm very curious about the new Princess Peach game. I'm more excited about Pikmin 4 than ever after seeing the new trailer. I plan on pre-ordering the Zelda Amiibo, but not the Ganondorf one. I gotta know, why not the Ganondorf one? Because that's my guy right there. Because he's evil, bro. Dude, okay. So I don't know if you've played Zelda before, but there's this dude. Yeah. His name is Ganondorf. <laughs> uh -huh. I think I've heard of him. Okay, I've yeah. heard of him before. No, I'm super hyped about the Ganondorf one because as I've said so a million cool. times, there's no Ganondorf Zelda series. You know, you know what, so. though? So on, on the last show, I did mention that like uh, I like the Ganondorf one. I've looked at him again. Like I'm warming up to that Zelda one quite a bit Like the, the with her like holding the Master Sword. It's pretty cool. It is cool. I just wish she wasn't floating on the big plastic stand. Yeah, like the, those, it's like it, they, they're, they're like giant platforms, basically. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. uh, I feel like they could have designed around that better, but. So, Justin, what that's what our listeners think of of the direct. Anything new to share? New thoughts on any of the games we saw a week ago uh, in the time that's passed since? You know, so, there's been some additional. Of, you already know exactly what game I'm going to talk about. Yes. Uh, so, uh, there's been some additional screenshots released from the Japanese direct for uh, Super Mario RPG showing uh, Frog Fuchsius in all of his glory. Uh, every picture I see of that just gets me more and more excited. Uh, I, I can't wait for people who haven't played it to play it to see one, how good it is, and two, how absolutely weird things get. I can't wait. Yeah, I just had the. Uh, I'm going to talk about Mario Wonder because that's the game that I came out of super hyped about. More comparison shots continue to come out of like, look at this compared to new Super Mario Brothers. It looks, it's totally different. Okay, I do it have. It's totally new. So I, I, I'm not going to say I've, I've fully come around on it. Yes, I was but hoping I, to hear this. But I will say I've, I've, I've begun to get a little more hype for it. I'll tell you, the, the biggest thing I saw, and it's such a subtle thing, but a lot of like side-by-side -side shots of like familiar scenes or mechanics from like new Super Mario Brothers to Mario Wonder and how infinitely more expressive Mario is. And it, like it's like little stuff. Like when he's running, he has like a very serious expression with his arms out doing his little Naruto run. Or when he's doing the ground pound, uh, <laughs> it looks like it hurts like hell. Or yeah. even like just, just ducking rather than just crouching down, he does like a Super Mario Brothers 3 style, like grab the cab, yank that thing down, get way mm -hmm. down there. And so like it, it looks like it's going to be a lot more fun to watch in general and if they're putting that much attention to detail into these little things like that it makes me pretty hopeful about like the the scope and scale of exactly what they're trying to do so i'm getting there i'm warming up a little bit he's coming around i'm glad i am I'm glad to hear i am it. yeah uh i yeah i just think it continues to look really great and then i kind of had the the thought that nintendo live slash packs this is probably gonna be there like we're probably gonna go hands-on with this thing 
which is super exciting. I bet it's got to be there. Oh, to tune in, listeners, because uh, we are going we are going to be there and we are going to tell you everything that we see. Yes, that's going to if be. it's not embargoed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So everything we're allowed. <laughs> then you have to wait. <laughs> yeah, good direct overall. Uh, but it did feel like kind of the sunsetting of the Switch era has started. And then Nintendo totally. had its investors meeting this last week, kind of the day after the Nintendo Direct. And during a Q&A session, of course, the new hardware comes up and President Shintaro Furukawa says, as for the transition from Nintendo Switch to the next generation machine, we want to do as much as possible in order to smoothly transition our customers while utilizing the Nintendo account. So they've actually said this before. It was making the headlines again, but they have said that, yep, they're keeping Nintendo accounts. It's not my Nintendo to new Nintendo account like it was from 3DS Wii U to Switch, like you just like Xbox Live and, and PSN do it. You're keeping your account uh, carrying forward. And I kind of thought, Justin, that we could make our next Nintendo console wish list here on this show. I think it's kind of a fair time to start talking about it. In the last year, I've been very hesitant to talk about Switch Pro and all these things because I think that people were getting really carried away talking about the Switch Pro a lot last year. But it's feeling like it's time to break out these discussions now. So I asked you to come up with a few things that you want to see in the next Nintendo console. Yeah, uh, perfect. So uh, let's start with, with my first one. And I feel like this is going to be one of the least controversial choices possible. Give me an easy party chat option. Just build it into the dang box. Uh, I'm sick of, you know, when you and I go to play Splatoon and we're trying to figure out Discord so we have a means to communicate. Or you remember people using the wacky to talk to mm -hmm. friends um it's difficult it's convoluted and it doesn't have to be i understand that nintendo's always been very cautious about you know what they expose people to especially because a lot of their audience like can skew younger and stuff like that but it, you know it's party chat's been around for a long time and it is not the evil of society uh and so if you can make it just a button or two for me to be talking to my friends while we play games. Massive W. Huge, huge W. We'll see. I'll bet that's not going to happen. I'll go out and say it's not going to happen. Yeah. Hey, it's my, it's my wish list, not yeah. theirs. Uh -huh. Yes. All right. Well, uh, go go through all of them. Let's hear your entire kind of projection for. OK, the well, then uh, let's let's talk about the because my next two are very hardware focused because, yes. again, I think the software side, they are doing great. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what it means on the inside of the box to accomplish this, but I want, I don't want 4K. I don't care about 4K. Uh, I don't need it to do 120. Um, give me rock solid 1080 60. Yes. That's my ask. Yeah. Rock solid 1080 60. Like 1080 where you can have effects and lighting and particles. You know, they've... Um, uh, I'm not sure if you know about these hearings that are going on, Logan. Um, but one of the things that seems to have, have uh, come out of, I think it was Bobby Kotick's uh, 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 mm -hmm. speaking, was that uh, from a, a hardware standpoint, they're sort of projecting it to be what they would call Gen 8, which would be like PlayStation 4 era like mm -hmm. power, which would be, I think, perfect. I'd be thrilled with that. That sounds great to me. If, I'm glad if they you brought this up. That. Because I want to, uh, I want to pump the brakes a little bit on this thing from Kodak from the FTC Microsoft hearing today, because I think some outlets and some Twitter accounts ran with that way too fast. I think that uh, I was listening to the entire trial and kind of we decided I'm working with mm -hmm. the IGN news team for this, and it was they they're reading a lot of highly sensitive documents. Um, so if you listen to like the judge and the lawyers and the witnesses, <laughs> a lot that should have been redacted but weren't. <laughs> yes, if you look at on the Sony side of things today, but they're they're dancing around a lot of numbers when they're mm -hmm. reading this document. So all we knew is that they were reading a redacted email exchange between Furukawa and Kodak, and mm -hmm. at one point he like mumbled almost incomprehensibly, like um, more in line with Gen Eight hardware. We have no idea when this email was from, what it's about. We, yeah, there's no way to really know what this thing is. So, yeah, I think it's very likely that's what we'll see in the next Nintendo yep. hardware. But don't take this as confirmation from, from these hearings today because it was, I think, what people pulled was super out of context. So, yeah, I want to set but, that but, here. But people pulling out of context stuff about video games uh, and put, putting that on the internet? What? Never. Never. Yeah, man. Right. Yeah. Man, this week has been chock full of that if you've been following the hearings. Yeah. yeah. And, and I will say, like, you know, that, that's why I say things like he has said this, like, mm -hmm. and that would be nice because I, I, I would love to see. It. I think that's a, a great spot for them to come in at. Um, and I think it would deliver. I mean, it, it would be 
it would be such a significant technological leap over what they do currently. Yes. Um, and, you know, especially when you see the first party Nintendo like lineup, when you see how amazing their stuff looks, how well optimized it is, um, they will get more out of that level of hardware firepower than mm-hmm. anybody else will. So that's, yeah, I'll be good for another eight years with that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I might be wrong here. I'll be happy. I don't know if 60 FPS is ever going to look bad. I don't know if it's ever going to go out of style, personally. Yeah. Like, Oh, no, I... Yeah, the human eye yeah. can only process so quickly. Like, 60 FPS looks fine, and I think it kind of always will. I could yeah, I was playing, you know, uh, I was playing a, a, a non-Nintendo uh, pirate game uh, on Xbox yesterday, and it has a, like, you could put it into 120, and it dumps down the graphics to 1080. And all that extra frame rate is completely wasted, I feel like. Um and I think 60 is so silky smooth and looks great. Yeah. yeah so rock like I will happily forego um, anything above 60 in order to get again, like more, more just effects, lighting, smoke, particles, things like that. Like, you know, there's so much more to graphics than just resolution and frame rate. Right. And there's a lot that goes in. Like physics calculations uh, uh, become part of this. And, um you know, being able to, to do so smoothly uh, and and obviously like, you know, colors and vibrancy in the art style has as big an impact. But basically, if every developer can go in knowing that the canvas they're painting on is going to be rock solid 10, 80, 60, then I feel like we can get a lot of great stuff out of that. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for. Yeah, a lot of great new third party stuff. And I think 1080, 60 is good enough to get some ports some great of, ports. of some great PS5, ports. Xbox Series X games. Even yep. I think you can see that, and especially there's, with ones that are out now, there's been so many cross gen steel that are still coming out on PS4 and Xbox One that's finally a, starting to die down. There, there's a, a pirate game made by a former uh, Nintendo studio that I'd love to see on Switch, um, <laughs> but that yeah. uh, such, such a good fit. Um, already has a you can put Banjo and Kazooie on the front of your boat in that game. Um, oh, man, I'm, the, I'm then, the wrong member here to be telling that. I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, Chris just perked up somewhere. Yeah, heard <laughs> uh, that in the wind. Uh, and so here, here's my last one again. I am still focusing like on the hardware. I'm a hardware nerd. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I want like that, that chipset to deliver that 1080-60, there is one thing that became standard as part of the modern generation that I think would be not essential, but would be a huge difference maker. Maker, and that's using like M.2 storage, like all like extremely high speed solid state storage. Um, a lot of times what we've run into in more modern hardware is that it's not actually things like the GPU or the CPU that are causing performance bottlenecks. It's the read-write speed coming off of where stuff is stored. When you have things that have M.2 drives, like the newest consoles have, um, like, you know, if you have built a PC recently, you probably have these. Um, it it feels damn near instantaneous compared to what you did off of that. I remember when I upgraded uh, from my Xbox Series... And so for my Xbox One X, Microsoft, you're so dumb with yeah, the way you name on. things. Um, but like as an example, uh, upgrading from uh, their uh, older hardware to the new hardware, just the switch to the M.2 drive basically made my load times disappear. Um, and so if you can give me that uh, with the chipset to push the graphics that I'm talking about, I think you have an absolute smash winner of a piece of hardware. And probably a piece of hardware that's not going to cost too much. Based yeah, on that, uh, what we're asking I mean, the, the prices of those have come down so much, too. Yeah, and that's the other thing. We talked about it before. Like, at a certain point, your hardware is so old that you're, like, paying to keep old factory lines open and running to mm-hmm. keep those being produced. Uh, you know, like, what's the most ubiquitous, like, processing that's in a Samsung phone right now, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and look, these M.2 drives are fairly ubiquitous. They're really compact. Um, so if it is going to be a, a hybrid portable unit... Um, I, I don't think it's unreasonable to expect there to be a stick like that in there. Um, but yeah, so that, that right, that's my dream spec. If I'm on Nintendo console part picker, these are the, the pieces of hardware I'm dropping in. Nice. That sounds like a good unit. I would, yeah, I would definitely be down for that. And I think you could pair it with everything I'm about to say. And so you can combine the three things we asked for and create, I think, a smash hit switch successor so i'm gonna start right there with what you said there's no guarantee they're sticking with the switch brand everyone's always like the next switch we don't know that it's the next nintendo console for now but for my number one here i'm gonna say i hope it is the next switch i want the hybrid model to stick around uh, and i I, it's not a given i mean Mm -hmm. look at what they've done in the past going from the 
64 to the GameCube, the GBA to the DS, like just random like side pivots that, yeah, you don't know what they're going to do next. You never know with them. So I'm hoping they stick with the Switch right now. I think there's something to be said for just kind of that brand awareness. I think that Switch is a really strong brand that you could argue is a stronger name right now than Nintendo. Like Switch is really recognizable. People know it. People like the hardware. I think you got to stick with that name. That being said, don't get too cute, Nintendo. And this is still part of my number. You don't want a Wii U it, though. That's what you have to avoid is that confusion. Switch 2 or Super Switch. Those Mm. are your two choices. Pick whichever one you like more. Those are your two choices. I don't think that any, I can't think of anything else that is like, New Switch? No, don't do that. Like, you can't do anything. Super Switch. Super Switch. That's the one you're going with over Switch 2? Super Switch. Yep, give me Super Switch. It's a good one. Yeah, and the Super Nintendo's a beloved console. Why not make the Super Switch? That would be cool. Oh, man, Super Switch Entertainment System. Call it the SWES. Okay. No, you're getting too cute. (laughs) You're getting too cute over there. Well, I mean, just just amongst us. Just like, you know, we refer to the SNES. But yeah, no, Super Switch. I I think uh, it... But you could even use the like super like the super lettering from the Super Nintendo era. God, be so fun. I love it. But yeah, just keep this hybrid model, uh, which mm-hmm. brings me to my next point, which is sticking with the hybrid model. OLED on day one. I have yeah. grown so used to. to the OLED screen. It is so beautiful. It has changed the way I play my Switch. I used to be like 75% TV. Ever since I upgraded to the OLED about a year and a half ago, I'm 75% handheld. I've played 100 hours of Zelda, probably 90 of them in, in the handheld. I just love how it wow. works. Like, I'm at home, and I just play in the handheld. I just adore how that art style pops on that screen. I think it would be pretty rough <coughs> to go back to just an LCD after the OLED, because it is just, it, it's beautiful. It would be a, a notable downgrade, and I don't know if you recall, but uh, Sony actually did that at one point with their Vita. It launched yeah, as an yeah. OLED device, and eventually, for a cheaper one, they made it a not OLED. And like, not not that the Vita was ever going to be a big hit, but that was such. I feel like such a slap in the face for folks who are invested in it. And you know, you're trying to sell like powerful, like powerful handheld hardware, which is what the Switch is. Mm-hmm. Um, you want it to look as good as possible, and it doesn't require a you know, more powerful GPU to look great on an OLED. And the technology is so ubiquitous nowadays. I have to believe that. It, like, it has to be. It absolutely has to be. Let me ask you this, though. Um, how do you feel about screen size? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what this thing's going to look like. I don't know if it's going to work with previous Joy-Con or if they're going to move on to yeah. new Joy-Con. They have to fit the new size of, of unit. Uh, I think that I'd like it to be the same size as the current Switch OLED. I don't think it needs to be bigger because then you're, it's kind of losing some of its portable factor. I mm-hmm. think if you stretch that thing out, um, don't go back to the horrible bezels of the original <laughs> Switch that no, just so thick around the screen. Yeah. So I'm hoping it stays around the same size. What are you thinking? Yeah, I was looking to see if I had my original Switch with me because it's been sitting up here. Yeah, um, I think that as much... I think as much screen as you can get it to the edges of the device, uh, you know, keep a 16 by 9 um, aspect ratio. Um, whatever the largest is that fits in a cargo pocket, I think that is your uh, target area right there. If you can hit that, you're in good shape. Um, I think there is maybe some argument to be made that smaller is not necessarily worse um, okay. for a little bit greater portability. I definitely don't think you like do not turn this into like a Steam Deck esque monstrosity nobody wants that before i get to my last point kind of going off this one i just had a thought that i think is worth exploring which is nintendo's tried to model apple before like it's no secret that they've done Mm -hmm. that in the past i think that's a tech company they look to kind of for inspiration in their space what if we see two versions of this hardware on day one like we see with the iphone which has like the pro or and then the standard model or whatever they're naming them these days but like a larger screen model that's a fancier device uh, and then a standard iPhone. What if, like, Nintendo Switch, there's the OLED version with a bigger screen and then an LCD version with a smaller screen? Say they retail for 400 bucks and 300 bucks on launch day. I could actually I, see them doing it. Yeah, I think that puts you in a weird position, though. Um, like, so presumably the one with the bigger screen is the more expensive model, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, as somebody who is a very hardcore enthusiasts of like gaming and like audiovisual stuff like like yeah i I like my setup um i wouldn't buy the bigger screen one because i don't play handled like i want to play in the best cleanest 
most um, you know like high resolution, best controller version possible. And in this case, that that's the cheaper console, or at least there's no incentive to do the more expensive one to get the bigger screen. But what if the cheaper one's a Switch Lite that doesn't? Yeah, work? yeah, and and so that's that's the thing. And so if like the the Switch Switch Lite model makes sense to me because one is, you know, permanently handheld. Um, and so like maybe in that case, um, like you know, as much as I like my OLED, I you know I'm like I'm ninety ten. T- on the TV versus mm-hmm. in my hands, um, and so that's the, the, the that that's tough. My I guess my question for you though is: Would you expect them to have the same hardware underneath? Like, I think so. I don't think like, they want not to not up. not go the Series yeah. S X route. Yeah, yeah. It, it'd literally just be like if they had launched the Switch and the Switch Lite on the same at the day, same time. That's basically what I'm saying. But I guess the Switch OLED and the Switch Lite. Um, yeah, although I I think strategically they're better off releasing one SKU and then um, you know some people double dip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. Like I I have I've got I've got one of each in my house. <laughs> you have a Switch Lite? Uh, my son has a Switch Lite. Nice. So yeah, I have, it's a good I have it's a good three. handheld. I like it's the Switch great. Lite. That's awesome. And then for my third one, it's the big one. I think it's the most obvious one. You need backwards compatibility, or I'm worried for this thing. I will be seriously concerned. For, for this hardware launch, if you come out with this 120 million install base and say it's not backwards compatible, I think that's a mm. big miss. Ideally, it's like there's some sort of performance boost thing built into this where you can put Tears of the Kingdom in your Super Switch and it runs at a locked 30 instead of the drops that we see sometime. Um, but that would even, be if cool. it's, even if it's just emulating Switch hardware, like the Wii menu. I think that's Wii, more likely. Yeah, th- it's got to be yeah. there. It needs yeah. to be in there. I so Nintendo could get away with it not being there um, and still sell out of two hundred million units of the next thing. But I th- I think it would be huge um, for them. Uh, I I think that like that would pretty much be the last of them looking like a little backwards and outdated um, from a like customer service standpoint. If they could yeah. fix that, um, you know. I think we're all assuming that the architecture is going to be fairly similar using, you know, again, just newer versions of like similar chipset and things mm-hmm. like that. So from a technical sp- perspective, it seems like it should be pretty possible. Like that's the fact that, you know, the other consoles run on x86 hardware and this it, same AMD processors over and over again is a lot of why we think, you know, is, is a lot of why that it's as feasible as it is to make them backwards compatible. So I, I, I really hope that's the case. It would be... You know, as somebody who buys almost all digital stuff, it would be a pain in the butt to have to rebuy it. I suppose the drawback, though, is if Nintendo doesn't want to use the same cartridges for new games, uh, then you're talking about building that in somehow. Um, They've done it before. The original DS had that Game Boy Advance slot on it. Yeah. They've done it before. Well, and the original Wii literally just had GameCube ports ports and everything on the side, like little spaces for the 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 uh, memory cards and everything. Um, So I'm not super worried about it because they've always prioritized it and except on a like a hardware shift, like from discs to carts or carts to discs. It's basically the only time that the previous immediately previous gen has not been backwards compatible. And you can look at both the console line and the handheld line for that. It's a straight through line all the way through. Since the GameCube to Wii, Wii to Wii U, those are backwards compatible. GB, Game Boy on GBA, GBA yeah. on DS, DS on 3DS, I, like all the yeah, way. Yeah, and, and I, I think if nothing else, the fact that um, presumably, depending on what they do with this next one, like because the, the Switch itself doesn't do anything especially exotic from an actual like human interface standpoint, um, yeah. like ultimately, even though they're detachable, you can snap them on other things. They're just, they are just controllers that have like accelerometers in them. Mm-hmm. It's not a whole separate screen device, uh, and the whole console is not built around it. Um, it, 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 it's feasible. It seems reasonable. Um, some some technical hurdles, but I, I mean, I'll I'll be pretty disappointed if we don't have that. Me too. That'll it'll be a big bummer, especially yeah. for Wii U owners like myself who already rebought a lot of your games on Switch <laughs> to have these new versions. Mario Kart Eight. Um, being the yeah. kind of primary example, like, yeah, I hope that these things carry. I mean, who who's to say that Nintendo doesn't want us to buy them all again, though? Because they know that we will. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think it. You could get away with it on Wii U because you went to a cartridge, and the install base was so so small on Wii U. 
but yeah. I don't think you can get away with it again, especially if it's just a Switch successor. I, I don't know. And then you look at what Xbox and PlayStation do with backwards compatibility, where it's amazing on Xbox and it goes to PS4 on PlayStation 5. Like, I just think that's kind of the world we're living in. When you talk about moving your Nintendo account forward, digital purchases are tied to that. I just yeah. don't see how they can explain that, that those are... That, that, is, that is a lot of how I interpreted that as uh, um, potentially indicating that. So hopefully that's the case. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we're seeing this thing next year. I think for sure we're seeing this next year. Uh, we, I look at, we keep saying 24. I, I've seen nothing to make me feel any differently. Again, I think first half of 24 is uh, is on the table. You think so? I'm starting to feel yeah. fall a little bit more i mean it's it's, I, it's, it's possible but like mm-hmm. uh again i think at least if if i were uh putting money down i would look at the launch window of the switch itself and that time of year yeah i think september will tell us a lot because mm-hmm. we don't know much about early 2024 actually we know nothing about early 2024 <laughs> from a software perspective so i think the september direct will tell us a lot about kind of when we can expect some hardware but yeah that's our wish list I'm keeping it really safe, really simple, because I think that's what they need to do. I think it just they just need to build on the success in the smart ways, learn what they do. Don't mess it up. And yeah, I think that they'll I think that they'll do a good job. I have faith in this iteration of Nintendo to not pull a Wii U again. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right, let's move on to talk about uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. We got some new sales numbers in. uh, This is from Circana, formerly known as MPD. And we know that physically Tears of the Kingdom has outsold the entirety physical and digital sales of both Resident Evil 4 Remake and Star Wars Jedi Survivor. So that's a pretty massive launch uh, for Those a console-exclusive game. two huge games that released this year. Um, yeah. On multiple platforms. Uh, yeah, and that, that by all rights sold extremely well mm-hmm. and were extremely popular. Uh, and the fact that, yeah, Nintendo, like, Zelda comes out and just, just sweeps the floor with them. Yeah, it's, I, I think this game's doing okay. It actually seems to be capturing the animal crossing crowd a little bit this is anecdotal but i know people in my life that bought a switch for animal crossing during the pandemic have animal crossing have nothing else and now have zelda (laughs) they now have two games (laughs) yeah you got two great games but Uh, that's it so it's this is capturing a lot of people it's the second best-selling game of the year behind hogwarts legacy which Obviously, that was going to be a huge launch being attached to the yeah. IP it's 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 looped in with. Uh, and we already we don't know. Any and number for Zelda. I, I do wonder if it'll catch it, though. I um, think it's actually passed it because, yeah. right, we only know physical by now. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Digitally, I think I think digitally Tears of the Kingdom did huge numbers because of the voucher program, because you could get that game for 50 bucks yeah. if you got it digitally um, through yeah. the vouchers. So. Yeah, I predict that's going to be huge for that. And we already knew it sold 10 million in three days. So, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's it's pretty impressive. And we know that they're going to stick what with this formula number. for the next mainline Zelda game. They've basically said, not necessarily the next one, but the next, like, A-team, AAA mainline Zelda is going to be under this format. And I've been putting this off for a few weeks because I didn't want us to rush <laughs> through enjoying Tears of the Kingdom for what it was. But... We already looked ahead with the Nintendo console, so I think it's fair to kind of look ahead for Zelda also and, and, and kind of talk about where do we think Zelda does go from here. And yeah, I have three choices I could present to you if you want, mm. and you could tell me which you think is more likely before we get into just a wider discussion about it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So these are the kind of the three that I've had in my head uh, over the last few weeks thinking just kind of post Tears of the Kingdom Zelda, what happens. And I'm sure we'll get some remakes, some 2D games, whatever, in between now and then. But when it comes time for the third open-world Zelda, what's that going to look like? Your choices are, choice A, a third game set in this same Hyrule, with this same Link and Zelda, with a ton of changes. B, a new game set in with these this Link and Zelda, this art style, but they're shipped off to another kingdom, say Termina or something like that for example, or choice C, brand new art style, new Lincoln Zelda, new Hyrule map, uh, a new take on the, the open world formula. So why don't you put those in order of how likely you think they are and which one you want the most? Yeah, if I, would, if I were to rank them, I would say C. So brand new. Yeah. Uh, a and B. Is that likelihood or of what you Yeah, it, it, no, in likelihood. Okay. Um, 
I think that uh, there is not really precedent for Nintendo triple dipping like that. Um, I also think that as much as Link and Zelda are iconic characters, there's nothing specifically about this Link and this Zelda that I think people are going to be married to. I think a new game in the franchise with a new Link and Zelda um, is no less appealing. Um, and and my big caveat is I haven't finished Tears yet, so I don't know from a narrative standpoint where it leaves off. Um, but uh, I think that if there are more story beats to get to, that DLC is a pretty likely vector for how we do that. Um, <clears throat> but I will say, so because I think that um, this Link and Zelda are and just sort of avatars for the characters in the series and not in particular like that key i don't see a lot of incentive to create a whole new world and have it be this link and zelda like it can be link and zelda but no one's gonna be like oh i want the one who tried to link feed link a frog um yeah <laughs> so yeah so so hence my i think c a and b okay i'm gonna go i think the most likely is actually uh b same link and zelda in a new world and why i think that is you look at the sales numbers. We just talked about them. Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom are... Ze- that's Zelda to the general public now, right? They have totally dwarfed the sales numbers of basically every other Legend of Zelda title. I think if you ask the like casual Zelda fan now, what color is Link known for wearing? Blue is now just as much, if not more, an answer than green. That's what I think. That's just I, kind I get- of my thought. I could see like a 60-40 pull towards yeah. green, but I think you're right. I think there would be a not insignificant amount of blue. Mm-hmm. That's, that is the the best-selling Link and Zelda are these two. And I can see Link is unique because these characters are some of the only major characters in all of gaming I can think of that are not the same person always. Mario is Mario. Master Chief is Master Chief. Kratos is Kratos, mm-hmm. but Link is these 20 mm-hmm. different little elf boys from across this spaghetti plate timeline. Oh, yeah. Some, sometimes he's some like lazy dude with pink hair. Sometimes he's this rad kid with a lobster shirt. You yeah. never know what you're going to get with Link. Yeah, but I think maybe now this is where we see Nintendo settle in and say, you think they might Link plant their flag into these characters mm-hmm. specifically interesting. I think so, just because of when you are looking mm-hmm. at a general audience trying to sell them the next Zelda game. Do you lose people if it doesn't look the same as the only two, the two they've ever played? Yeah. Because most games don't change art style either, like Zelda does. So I'm just wondering, like, if Nintendo's planning the future of the franchise, is it the safest? It is the safest route, but is it the one they take to say, this is what Zelda looks like now? Or do yeah, we see I, kind of a change? I mean, so, you know, Zelda's appearance, like, you know, changed some between Breath of the Wild and Tears, like, change the hairstyle. I don't know that Link's aesthetic can be that cemented because of the ability to do things like change what he's wearing and change his hair and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that he's so silent. Um, like, again, you know, for people who were, like, really into Zelda lore and you read between the lines, like, Link says a lot, and he does a lot, and he has a lot of character. But I think, to a lot of folks, he's still a fairly blank slate, so mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know that I necessarily see that. Okay. Um, but, I mean, we'll we'll have to see. Um, but I, I, I do think that, um, I do think there's some merit to the idea that sort of the, like, burned in image of Zelda as a character that we've had for a long time. I will say for me, when people say Zelda, the first one historically that pops into mind is Twilight Princess Zelda. Like that character model is the one that has been, uh, sort of my go-to. I, it, it has shifted to the, uh, Patricia, Patricia Somerset era Zelda as the first one that... I, I pictured my mind's eye. I agree. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that they, they've had three games, if you count Age of Calamity as the spinoff. Yeah. This is what Link looks like at Smash Brothers now. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, this is what Link is, I think, to Nintendo right now. So that being said, what I want is choice C. Brand new Link, brand new Zelda, brand new art style, brand new Hyrule. I think that yeah. to me, so much of I mean, Tears of the Kingdom is it's my favorite game of all time. I've, I've declared that multiple times now. It's I'm still playing it. I'm at I don't think you like hours. it. It's I like it more every time I play it. Like, it's just incredible. But the one thing it's missing to me, I do love that that feeling in the beginning of a new era of Zelda where it's like, 
what do choo-choos look like mm-hmm. in this Hyrule? What does what does just a Bacoblin look like here? What do the weapons look like? The bows and arrows. And Tears has a lot of that because they've introduced a ton of new enemy types. But yeah. still, it's a world we've been in with a lot of enemies we've seen and people we've seen. Like just that brand new feeling of what's gonna what am I gonna look at over this hill? Is it gonna be like uh, a dark nut and it looks totally different? than it did yeah. in the last game. I, I, I love that that feeling of, of not knowing exactly like what, what the deal is with the world, like how exactly everything works. Uh, and that's something that the Zelda series always does really, really well. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, there, there's, you know, with things like how the series says best with alternate worlds, time travel, things like that, you absolutely could pluck these two characters and put them in, in a place that's like, you know, it could be geo- geographically different. It yeah. could be completely different in terms of time and space or, I mean, like alternate, you know, dark worlds and things like that. Like, I mean, you could just as easily like, oh, cool. If I flip, flip over a rock and I fell in the hole to dark world. Now we're in dark world now. Um, and things like that and trying to restore the golden world and things like that. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of possibility that way. Um, but I, I think as, as well as this has, has sold, I, I have a really hard time just seeing them going to the well for a third time. I think that uh, I were I them, I would certainly be cautious of spoiling this golden goose and making it stale. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah, I I think there's almost zero chance that they stay in this high roll for a third game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put that as my decoy option. I don't think that's yeah. going to happen. But what I could see happening is there's a character in Tears of the Kingdom. So this is still spoiler free right now. There's a character in Tears of the Kingdom who says I haven't been in Hyrule the last few years. And it just got my brain thinking, where has this character been? Maybe they've been somewhere across the ocean. Maybe Breath of the Wild 3 kicks off with Link and Zelda at Luralin so, Village getting a they, boat to sail away. They, there's this island with a really big egg at the top. Yeah, okay. <laughs> or there's a there's a clock town with a really big moon right. above. Right? Yeah, right. Like that. yeah. 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 You, you see that terrible looking moon? <laughs> yeah, that could be cool. And but the one that really got me thinking is I, I tweeted a picture of this of Link on a... I was sailing this boat that I found that I modded out with Zonai parts. And I was just like... I was at the edge of the world and it told me, you can't go any farther. And I was like, I really want to, though. I really want to sail into that horizon. Find and I want Wind Waker. Continent. Yeah. Honestly, I a, want a, Wind Waker it, like this. I would say a Wind Waker style one um, where you have land masses that are like you know, clearly defined, but separated. Um, so it's not one giant cohesive con- continent. I think it'd be really cool. Yes. And because Wind Waker, you could go to islands in different order and you mm-hmm. could like look at them, but you couldn't yeah. do anything meaningful with them until it was time to, with some exceptions. There's some dedicated side quest islands, but for the most part, you still had to sail from island to island in the correct order. So if you had the Wind Waker world, that was, <laughs> and I'm not saying Wind Waker and, and art style, do, I just mean like yeah. ocean-based but where you could sail anywhere and do anything in this Breath of the Wild style, man, that would be cool. That's that would be pretty I'm cool. For. Yeah. yeah. You have any thoughts of what, what you'd want to see Zelda do next? Oh, yeah, so I will tell you what I'd like to see. And okay. yeah. um, I mentioned this before, and I don't, don't know if this was a private conversation on the podcast, but I do want them... I don't want them to completely abandon the conventional model. Um, yeah. Like, I, I don't want to... As much as I love Breath of the Wild, as much as I love Tears of the Kingdom, and I think they might be like number one and two for the greatest games of all time. Um, and as much as I want more of that, I don't want that to mean that I never get a um, Twilight Princess-esque Zelda again. Uh, and, you know, I'm not a big handheld gamer, so, like, giving me another, like, portable version isn't really what I mean either. Like, I want, like, a big budget dramatic like mm-hmm. m- more linear experience as well and so my my hope is that forza model right that we alternate that we ha- that we okay here's one with that uh, is very clearly built to funnel you towards specific objectives with long detailed complex bespoke dungeons right and you're going to go do this dungeon and you're going to get the thing and it's going to let you go do this and then you're going to do this even bigger dungeon and you're going to get the thing and i want to do that 
And then I want to do the next open world one after that. And I, I that's what I want. I want to go back and forth. I want I want to have that variety. I want there to be opportunities for both. Um, I think that after having had two Breath of the Wild open world style games, um, going back to that more linear classic style Zelda would feel relatively fresh. Um, and it wouldn't feel uh, like we are playing the exact same story for the 12th time in a row. Um, and I think it would also give enough room to breathe so that when we did come back to something that was extremely free, extremely open world, that it would continue to feel fresh and there would be a lot of time for imagination and creativity and new weird, strange things that they could do uh, and new surprises that they could throw at us. So that's what I would like to see. Do I think I'm going to see it? Not a chance. Not at all. Uh, I think I have basically a 0% chance of seeing a big budget home console style um, classic Zelda game ever again. I don't know. I think it could happen. I don't think it'll ever happen from the the Aonuma currently and Fujibayashi yeah. team, but you could hand it off to somebody else. I mean, Breath like, did I've... a really nice job on the two <clears throat> 3DS remakes. Let yeah. them make a full one. I mean, I, I'd love for them to like basically spool up two parallel teams, and I, you know, yeah. we talk about this like game development now. It's not a three year turn anymore. That's <laughs> not the world we live in. So yeah, have two teams running in parallel each in different stages of development staggered like so they're approximately five years or so apart give each of them a 10-year death cycle or something and then or you know maybe i don't eight year total in four years out of something like that and so you know we can have a steady rhythm um of having a new zelda come up soon um and because we haven't seen that formula since skyward sword skyward sword uh was really good actually uh it just had some issues like some design issues that were that, things that they tried that just didn't work that well mm-hmm. it doesn't the formula, HD, it's not great. i think it's fantastic i think it, the switch I can, port is i think it's really, very really good great. i think it's very good and when, i i think just the technological change fixes a lot of the uh, warts on that yeah um and it, and it has some of the coolest dungeon it has some of the coolest boss fights in the series um and for a lot of these things i do think you do like you, you need to be kind of funneled something a little bit more particular um which is what those do well. And so I want to do that again. Yeah, I do too. And then looking outside of Nintendo for a second, Ubisoft's doing it right now with Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Mirage. Creed. I they almost mentioned back. that. They did three big open world games and now mm. they're returning to kind of the roots of yep. the series. And I think people are excited about that. I think that there's a lot of people that didn't even realize they were missing it until this was announced. Yeah. And like, oh yeah, scrambling across rooftops, sneaking around, I, knife assassinations, it's back. I haven't played an Assassin's Creed game in like 10 years. And I saw that. I was like, Ooh, maybe I want yeah. to dip my toes back in a little bit. Yeah. So that is something I could see them doing with Zelda. And yeah, like Grezzo is a good I'd choice. Love to see it. What'd you say? I'd love to see it. Yeah, absolutely. I just worry. My fear is that you're going to just relegate that formula strictly to top down games. We saw Link's Awakening. I liked it a lot. It did nowhere near as much for me as like Twilight Princess or Wind Waker do. Like not even close. And yeah. I just worry that it's 3D Zelda means open world, 2D Zelda means classic experience. But I really want that bridge of the game that we're talking about. That's it. I think we'll see it. I do. I, I do think so. it'll happen. I'm I'm skeptical, but uh, I would love to be wrong about that. Yeah, I don't know who will make it. I, I do think Grezzo is a good candidate to make it. I don't think it will be made in-house at Nintendo. Uh, I think that they are, they're all hands on deck on Zelda. They bring in yeah. monolith soft. They're so all hands on deck on the next Zelda, but yeah, it's somebody <laughs> toying away at that. It is such a gargantuan big project. Hopefully they all take some time off, uh, go yes. on vacation, take it easy. Yeah. Um, but then start the machine again for whatever comes next. It's going to man, given how long this one took, it's going to be a very long time. If they are mm-hmm. rebuilding something like this from scratch before they can do anything on like this order. again. Mm hmm. Yeah. So we'll see. And if they do do with a new engine, new art style, it could be a long time. But (laughs) the pandemic did slow Nintendo down. It seems like a lot, even compared to the rest of the industry. So that maybe Tears of the Kingdom could have been out in, I don't know, four and a half to five years. Rather than a full six. Yeah. Yeah, But we'll see. Um, I really want to see traditional 3D Zelda. But another thing I want that I've been thinking about that I've I've really gone all in on kind of in recent weeks thinking about it. I think it's time for you to be able to pick if Link's like gender. I think it's time. That Link's uh, not just a boy anymore for would, the next Zelda game. I think it's time to do that. Would the character still be a Link 
regardless? Like, do you recognize Linkle as an alternate version of Link? No, no, I think Link, and it's like what Fire Emblem does. Byleth yeah. is, is male or female. Uh, Aelir yeah. is male or female. It's time to do that for Link. I would I, love to see them go a step further and let you choose your appearance and pronouns. I don't think Nintendo will do that as much yeah, as they like them to. But yeah, that would be pretty proactive for them. I yeah. I think that would be really cool. I I I do think like the way the narrative is built, the fact that like Link is isn't necessarily like, Link is specifically not one person, right? Link mm-hmm. recurs, and Link has had different ages, body types, hair colors, things like that. So like Link could be anybody, mm-hmm. um, and. Um, I think that that's a cool option. The one, the thing that would get me the most hype, though, honestly, for any Zelda game is to play as Zelda. That's like, mm-hmm. that is, I think, the coolest thing I could possibly do in a mainline Zelda game is yeah. is actually like feature the titular character um, and you know make her central to the story and playable. Yeah, that would be amazing too. I just think like Link is such an icon. I think it'd be very cool to see an official female link not linkle not hyrule warriors not koei tecmo putting it in there. <laughs> nintendo yeah. itself saying yeah link is is uh, um a he or a she or a they i think that'd be so cool i don't think it's gonna happen um yeah there is a really possibility i mean they they have talked about how you know link's design is intentionally androgynous because yes. they want anybody to be able to put themselves into the character so make um, it real make take yeah. the next real step on it is it's a uh would not be a big departure from the character um it it's not a huge leap mm-hmm. yeah i definitely apply I'd, I'd pick link to be a girl if that was your choice next time just could be so different and and new and cool i think that would, yeah yeah i never knew how i felt about it for a while because i was like oh you could just play zelda if they wanted you to like have that female choice but the more i think about it i think it'd be very cool and inclusive to have link truly be anybody that way was playing them. Yeah, certainly a lot of those early Tears of the Kingdom trailers we saw where it was a little bit more mysterious about like who we were seeing, like with the long hair and things yeah, like right. that. I think it opened up a, a, a lot of, um, I think pe- uh, people thought about that more and became a lot more open to the idea. Mm-hmm. So I'm for it. So yeah, that's our, anything else? Next Zelda or did you get it all out there that you're thinking? <laughs> that's it. That's what, that's what yeah. I want to see. Um, although I will say if we are going to getting a new fresh open world Zelda, I would love to see them finally lean into something that they've wanted to do forever, which was like a weird amount of tech. Like uh, we see it a little bit with some of the devices we see, but like you keep seeing concept concept art from various games in the series mm-hmm. that like, had a lot more uh, uh, even things like i was watching a uh did you know gaming video today actually uh where they talk about how the triforce pieces in the original zelda were originally going to be like microchips and things like that like i would love i would love to see them again keep the world looking like feudalish and like nice and stuff but like as soon as you peel back the dirt like circuitry and wires and like really like like throw the like narrative on its head and uh explore that concept yeah, that would be super cool. Yeah, Tears of the Kingdom is almost there already. It's really mm. close to that, just with, like, the tech and devices we're using. Mm. But, yeah, there's that concept art for Breath of the Wild of, like, these super weird aliens invading. How mm-hmm. cool would that be? Like, that would be just... There's some yeah. phenomenal concepts out there for this that would just be really, really cool. From a story perspective, I don't know. I don't know if we're ever going to see them, like, really go insane with it. Um I would really love to like see like like play a Zelda to save Link or something like yeah. that um, for the entire game. That would be super cool. But when you say you want to play a Zelda, I feel like to Nintendo, the Legend of Zelda, you play as Link. So I don't know if we're going to see that. I'd love it, though. Right. It'd be Call really it something great. different. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> the Legend of Link. Right. Play as Zelda. Yeah. If you try to rescue Link the whole time, that would be great. Do you like Final Fantasy VII Remake? You've, have you played it? Oh, well enough. Uh, I haven't finished it, but I'm okay. most of the way through it. Yeah, well enough. Because okay. I adore that game, and I think that that method of remake would be so cool for, like, Ocarina of Time, where, like, they yeah. remake it, it's in the same Hyrule, but the dungeons are different, the story plays yeah. out a little differently. Well, it's, especially with what they're teasing for the next part. <laughs> yes. Yes. It could be. It could get very, very different and interesting. Uh, I would be on board for that. Mm-hmm. That would be really cool. Remake a game like actually like we've talked about. Actually remake a game. Don't yeah. just make the same game. Yeah. Redo it. Remake it. Yeah. Like 
hey, you're in there, you're making the game, you can make it be different. Mm-hmm. Like, like, get clever, you know, uh, absolutely chain, change one thing huge, and then see how it plays out when you finish the, the story with that massive change and see where mm-hmm. that takes you. Yeah, it would be incredible. I have some more ideas on this, but they, I'll save it for our spoiler cast of Tears of the Kingdom because it involves discussing uh, some stuff I'm not sure everyone has seen yet. So we'll wait on that. But speaking of, uh, we'll wrap up here. How are your adventures going in Tears of the Kingdom? Uh, uh, yeah, it, same story as before. Uh, mm-hmm. Dear dear listeners, I, I apologize that you keep hearing this from me. Had a, had another, another review that I hit up a lot of times, so I had to uh, trade in my uh, horse for a uh, roller coaster. Uh, and review Park Beyond, which was pretty good, but a little bit buggy. You should check out the review on IGN.com. Um, plug, plug, plug. I did right. Hey, hey man, uh, if, if if they're gonna em- employ me, I'm gonna I'm gonna oh, show yeah, them some love. Yeah. Um, did 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 we talk before about my fight with the Gleok? No, we didn't. So okay, so I finally fought a Gleok for the first time. Nice. Uh, I so I I've I have occasionally seen a few in the distance, but I have not fought one yet. Uh, and, but I finally decided I was I was in Akala. I went through uh, Terrytown. I did a bunch of stuff there, and then I saw the Citadel. I'm like, oh, heck yeah! I'm going to like climb the, to the top of the Citadel. And as I get up there, I get to the top. I look down, and there is a lightning gliok down there. And I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I've got a whole row of hearts. I got some good gear. Uh, let's do this. I died so fast. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and. It, it was it was great. It was I, I loved it. So it's um you know it uh they are multi phase like they're real boss fights. They're not just like a dude with a boss health bar. There's phases. There's attack pattern changes. Uh, there's mechanics that you have to like use and exploit to them. Honestly, like especially given the amount of health that they have, it was probably one of the deepest and, and most complex boss fights I've ever had in the series. And it was amazing. I loved it when I finally killed it. Uh, uh, and it dropped, and I picked up all the the parts. Explodes the puff of smoke again, sort of similar to my story about the first time I fought like Phantom Ganon. I had nothing left. Like I was, I was eating the stuff that gives me one heart and five minutes of like heat resistance just <laughs> yeah. to get the one heart because I needed yeah. it. Right. So I'm emptying everything. All my weapons are breaking. I think like I used the the master sword, and then uh, it ran out of energy. And by the time I finished this thing, the master sword was back. Like that was the kind of fight this was. I had one weapon I'd been hoarding where I had, like, down in the depths, um, and I'm, I'm not going to spoil it, but I had gotten a part off of a boss-type creature, right, and fused it on a really high-level weapon. It had, like, 79 damage. Nice. Finally busted out. I was like, this is the rainy day I've been saving this thing for. Uh, and so, it like, it basically got me through the first 20% or so of, of health, um, like, um, all the bomb arrows I've been stocking up were gone. Uh, I destroyed the Lionel bows that I'd been having as it, it was trying to send groups of bomb at him. I, I was left with no health, no items, and I could not have been happier with that whole encounter. It was incredible. And then you probably, uh, probably your entire world leveled up after you killed that. And maybe you're seeing like more black becomes instead of blue, silver. Oh man. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. All, all of a sudden the, the Lionel's got a lot meaner after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, that's great. Yeah. My, the first Gleok I killed was also a, a thunder Gleok and it was what a terrible decision on our part. <laughs> I know just awful, but yeah, I'm, I am just so, I'm so impressed by the enemies in this game. I think Gleoks are an awesome addition that fit in very oh, well with just the world of Zelda, but I'm kind of at the point where I can kill a Gleok in like less than a minute. Like that's that was my link's a, my link is he's Superman now because mm-hmm. I'm how far I am into the game. Um, but what I'm really enjoying doing is just f- I'm filling out the compendium right now. I'm taking yeah, pictures I've, of I've been doing everything. that the whole time. I love it. It's I love Link's just like he's just a nerd in this game. Like he's just like taking pictures of every material and every weapon, documenting everything he sees, and I'm helping out all these people. I come across these wacky mini games that are really, really good. Like there's some just like NPCs around the world that have mini games that feel like games you'd find in like Twilight Princess or Ocarina of Time. It's like, wow, it's this stuff's in here. And mm. yeah, I'm having such a blast. Even having rolled credits probably 25 hours ago. Just, I love just still going just conceptually. It's like, all right, I'm I'm in this underground flame temple and I have to stop this thing to save the Goron people. But let's get a quick selfie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're just like after Gliok falls, Link just pulls out his camera. He's like, click, 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 click. Like, of yeah. all the, uh, uh, all the things left right. Like, all the items on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, you know, I'm historically just a completionist. So, like, I do that from, like, stage one. Like, I'm cataloging everything. I remember I went to, like, Robbie was like, hey, can you get me, like, 50 pictures? I was like, bro, I got 280. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got it's, you covered. It's fantastic. I'm mm-hmm. loving just the, now that I finished it and the pressure's off to finish mm-hmm. it. Just messing around in the world. And that soak it's it up. It's just so much fun. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and that's exactly why I think I'm going to start being, like, I'm not going to go 100% like Critical Path. I'm going I'm to start focusing a little bit more because I do want to wrap it up. Because, um, like, in Breath of the Wild, I didn't do all 120 shrines until after I'd beaten the game. And mm-hmm. I also do want to avoid that possibility of the end game itself being too easy. Like, I don't want, I, I do not want to trivialize the end encounter of the game. Um, so I'm probably going to wrap it up, finish up the story, hopefully in the next few weeks, and then do exactly what you're doing and just start being in Hyrule, just, you know, living, uh, exploring everything. Because there's so much to do. There's like, so much to do. There's so much to do, like, especially and, compared to Breath of the Wild, like we've talked right? about. And then once, you've done every, then once you've done everything, go underground and do it all again. <laughs> exactly, which I'm still saving for last. I'm, I'm going to mm-hmm. finish lighting up the depths. The horrors. That's kind of my last thing. Horrors down there traumatized i'm excited for our spoiler cast i just am so continually impressed by this game and i think that like i mean you know i was hesitant about this formula after breath of the wild Mm because i thought it didn't super feel like zelda in a lot of ways this just feels so much like zelda like the super weird npcs you interact with the quirky mini games you play along the way exploring these caves it just all feels yeah everybody is everybody is so weird and i love it so much (laughs) Uh, like man Dude, like I, I, we talked about before, I never get sick of fixing those stupid signs. Yep. Uh, and it's so funny that he's so dedicated to that. Uh, and now that, that I've been to Terrytown and I can get like the Hudson signs uh, and start sticking him on things, that makes me laugh every time. Um, and yeah, like dude, dudes running into battle with buckets on their heads and swinging mops <laughs> at enemies, and uh, it's it does not get old. Uh, traveling troubadours that you have to escort to awaken fairies, like. Mm-hmm. It, this so is much. this is the most ridiculous game, and that's one of the best things it's got going for it. Does the does the name Lucky Clover still not mean anything to you? Can I, I got to send you some coordinates or something? I got to send you on a mission. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And then last <laughs> thing here, I uh, where we go, go ahead. I'm, I was just going to talk more about all the dumb things you did. Like I, 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 I ran into a group of enemies and out of curiosity, I, sh- I shot a meat arrow right, right next to the water. <laughs> uh, and then I used Tulin to blow them all into the water and kill them. Nice. It, was, it was wonderful. Yeah, I had a I had one of those um, kind of group health bar situations where you need <laughs> to clear the entire wave of enemies to uh, to win the mission. And there was a silver boss Bacoblins, like the big new Ooh, guys. Yeah. Silver yeah. rank. And. Uh, I was just like camping on this outlook, firing arrows at him. And I pull out this spear I had that I had a bomb attached to. And I threw this bomb spear at him and it blew him off the ship and he drowned in the water. And I just watched their entire group health bar go down almost nothing. <laughs> yeah, it was it was awesome. It was great. Yeah, it's, it's the best game. It is. It is the best game of all time. The yeah. best game. Another great game that's out now on Switch Online that I think you're a fan of, Justin, is Fire Emblem. The first one that came over on Game Boy Advance is out mm-hmm. on Switch Online now. We forgot to talk about it last week, and I thought you said that you had wanted to mention it. So, I'm Yeah, sure I think it's worth mentioning. It. So, yeah, I mean, th- this is this is like the original Fire Emblem. Um, it's a really good port of it. It's extremely accessible. It's very playable. Um, I, I haven't played it uh, via uh, Switch Online, but I played it as, like on GBA super fun it holds up really well if you played the newer fire emblem um the combat is going to be extremely familiar it's like that exact grid base unit base mm-hmm. with that rock paper scissors between uh, uh various like weapons what it what it doesn't have it doesn't, doesn't have all of the relationship building to the same extent outside of battle like you don't need to you don't run around a big empty space there's like menus and you can hold a couple of support conversations but it really is extremely story driven um with really fun uh uh and challenging like challenging challenging battles uh as you get near the end um extremely worth picking up and the fact that um uh for a lot of folks this is the first time you can play it it's 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 super worth going back to 
even if you've only enjoyed like been into the like three houses uh era fire emblem um you might miss some of that relationship stuff but the rest of the game goes at such a fast clip because you don't have all this like filler in between um you can get through it really fast and it's 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 good it's really good all right are you picking up everybody one two switch this weekend it's out friday yeah it's out june 30 yeah yeah. oh yeah okay all right well i think i am too i don't know how so we'll be able to wrangle to play it with though dual review next week yes so look forward to that uh everybody want to switch we'll talk about next week Uh, and pikmin 4 demo was supposed to come out today i had set aside an hour to play it before the show but it wasn't out yet and it's like five o'clock and it wasn't out so uh, i'll talk a little bit about pikmin we got our plan for next week then yeah so look forward to that uh couple first-party Nintendo games to talk about. But for now, that's another episode of the Toadstool Boardroom in the Books, a weekly Nintendo show here at Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen to your shows. And there's a video version on YouTube. You can send us an email, toadstoolboardroom at gmail.com. Send in those one, everybody one, two switch questions, because we're going to play it. And you can find us on Twitter at toadstoolbr. Uh, and you can find Justin online at... At K-O-R-E-I-S on Twitter. And you can find myself at Logan J. Plant. Go check out Justin's review of Park Beyond on IGN to see what he's been playing the last few days instead of Zelda. They let me get away with the word impossibler being in a review. Nice. That's good. Yeah, you got, <laughs> man, squeezed one by Stapleton. That, that feels like a rarity. Yep. So congrats on that. But that's our show. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week. We'll catch you next time right here in the Total Boardroom. <laughs>